Linux Out Loud is firing up our mics, connecting those headphones as we search the community for themes to expand upon. We keep the banter friendly, the conversation somewhat on topic, and we have fun doing it. This week, we are spouting off about video editing in Linux. So let's get into episode 78. With me today, I have my two fabulous co-hosts, and I do use that term fast and loose. I have Matt and Wendy. How are you two today? <laughs> I tried. I'm sorry. He didn't even make it through the show open. <laughs> for context, people, Nate said he was going to be nice for the show. I am nice. <laughs> Oh, I can't, hear, can't you. hear you, Wendy. You're mute. Mumble, mumble. As I was going to say before some stupid mic interruptions, He's Matt, Nate, Nate is always nice. So I know. Sorry, sorry, Nate. Sometimes I call you Matt. I apologize. That's it right. happens uh, on a pretty regular basis. I don't take but. offense to that. <laughs> I have a brother-in-law whose name is Matt, and he is a oh, fabulous so musician, great guy. And he's still, he's like, and, no, and despite the character flaws of my sister has stuck with her. So he is a fabulous guy. See, Magneto's real name is Matt. So yes, oh, see, we, we yeah. know some other fantastic Matts. And and this Matt, he's, you know, he's I, like for this a brother. One. It's totally nope. okay. Nope. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I, Matt, I just want to say, so everybody publicly knows how much I appreciate you. That's un- the silence. There. The silence speaks volumes. I do. I, <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, see, you, do, <laughs> you buddy your lip, <laughs> so you don't even can't laugh. And I'm crossing my fingers too, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I hadn't taken a drink just before oh. that. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you're 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 kind of like that. <clears throat> You know, you know when uh, growing up, you had like the one cousin that would always like rough you up, even though you didn't want it. You're kind of like that cousin to me, you know, that like, <laughs> like you're at the family reunion, and I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to get like some Jello or something, you know, the that the weird Jello that you know the aunt Susie makes, and then you just pick me up and then you like drop me right in the grass, you know, and mm. take off your hat and like throw it right in my face. You're kind of like that cousin. That cousin. No, I'm, I'm more the cousin that will drag you up to the roof of the building and push you off the building. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated pretty darn quick. <laughs> Way more violent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or say uncle, but you're my cousin. Say uncle. <laughs> yeah. And I'm and I'm too socially, you know, inept to understand what's going on. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, me and Wendy are aware of giving side conversations. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is entertaining for me when I get it right away. And maybe it's the fact that I am absolutely very, very immature. And um, so I get it. And you're like, I don't understand what's going on. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. He doesn't get it. <laughs> See, and, and, uh, and, he, and, he, and he missed the joke for like three weeks. <laughs> it was like two and, and, and a half And then when he got weeks. it, seemed horrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so here's I'm the thing. I'm sorry. Too. All of you LOL people out there, I'm sorry. I can't share the joke with you either. It's not network safe, but just know it's funny. It's not network safe. 
Uh, yeah, not safe for work. So the um. <laughs> anyway, back on Discord the knows and Discord knows everything. That yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were doing a show thing. Wendy, it looks like you got more robotics news to tell us. You know, I haven't heard anything robotics in a while. So what's what's happening in that field? Yeah, there's actually a lot going on in robotics. So if you remember, I talked about the fact that the team has to turn in a video that has their full presentation from the intro all the way through the end, including the questioning and everything it has to be uncut. And I'm definitely worried about the audio side of things. So I put a call out to the community as far as what kind of hardware do I need and a community member got in touch with me who actually works with some audio on the side. And he's like, hey, I can send you some microphones so the kids can be individually mic'd using um, lavalier mics. These are actually the ones that go over the head, though. But essentially the same thing. So they're not rubbing on shirts. We don't have to pin them wherever in kind of funky places. And so that part is taken care of. I have been looking at USB audio inputs, and I was hoping I could pick up an 8-port audio, USB audio input um, used, but because that area of audio inputs seems to be once people have them, they don't really get rid of them. I haven't been able to find one used. I had someone suggest locally that there might be some audio places around here that I could just rent one, because I do want an audio input that has more microphones. I'd like to have at least four for the house, but those eight port ones are definitely more expensive. And so I was really open to find one used because the one I have right now that I've been using for several years, I picked up used and just haven't been able to do that. So I am on the lookout for either a used eight port one or being able to go ahead and rent one and then uh, send it back. So audio for the most part is now taken care of for that team's video, which is awesome. This last weekend, the team had their first scrimmage. So we got that under the belt and it was actually a lot of fun. Um, the kids wrote all the code that they did for this weekend, actually on Thursday, the Thursday before the scrimmage. So we were pretty proud of them with the amount that they got knocked out. They didn't have their presentations fully written until Monday before the scrimmage. And I was super impressed by how much they had memorized. They really did a super awesome job. But we didn't want them to be like 100% prepared for this one anyway. You know, you don't want to show all of your cards at the first competition. So they have some things to grow. We went over their judging sheets, you know, all of that stuff. So they've got a list of things that they can work on for coming up. But the biggest news is the fact that I'm going to be spending even more hours at robotics. Yes, I have volunteered for more robotics. Essentially, what's going on is Idaho needs 24 teams, 24 registered FTC teams in order to get two world's tickets. So with two world's tickets, it's the winner of the Inspiration Award. I think that's what it's called. And then the um, head of the winning alliance in the robot game. So without that, without 24 teams, we'll only get one ticket and it's just the Inspiration Award winner. Kind of the downside about that is the Inspiration Award winner doesn't have to have a good working robot. Heck, they don't even have to have a robot at all. And then they get to go to Worlds for a robotics con competition, which I find pretty gosh darn silly. So do you like, compete I, with like an imaginary robot? 
Yeah, yeah, essentially. Like if if you just had parts, you know, when you were there, but you still won the inspiration award at state, you you get to go to worlds. So yeah, that find that a little silly, right? My imaginary robot can kick your robot's rear end. That's what it sounds like. I bet it can. I bet it can because every imaginary robot can do whatever in the world. Robocop versus Terminator. (laughs) Who's going to (laughs) win? Anyway, so I'm sorry. (laughs) I get a a call from, oh no, I get a call from the mentor on Friday before our first scrimmage. And she's like, hey, so I got something to ask you. And she kind of ran down what I just went over with you guys. She's like, so uh, what do your kids think about joining a rookie FTC team? So they wouldn't be doing the massive competitions that the Tesla Coils do, our sibling team. They would have one scrimmage and then state, and they would get to be mentored by the Tesla Coils. So they'd help get their knowledge in robot building and coding, all of that stuff. So I went to the kids first. I was like, this is what's going on. Do you want to do that? And they they were a thousand percent on board. My son cool. hates coding. He hates coding. But as part of FLL, you have to be part of everything. So he has to code. My daughter, who's on the FLL team, she doesn't hate building, but she really would just prefer to code. And on the FTC teams, you get to specialize. You could say, I am a builder. I am a coder. And you don't have to touch the other stuff. So they're both super excited about that. And before I told my co-mentor a thousand percent, yes, I had to talk to Magneto because this is more hours that were gone. It's more hours we're out of the house. It's a heck of a lot more time commitment for everybody. And his response was, well, I was kind of worried about the kids getting burned out on robotics, but if they want to do it, let's do it. So now I have robotics uh, from one to eight on Mondays and Thursdays. So they'll be really, really long days. Of course, there's like an hour and a half break in there where the kids will do some other stuff, do some other schoolwork, but lots and lots of robotics coming to our house. I Both of my robotics kids will be competing in two different robotics teams this season. So look out for more robotics craziness coming from me in the coming weeks, days, months. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, I think that's exciting. And, uh, you know, if, if the kids are, are good with like, you know, I don't know how, however it is like doing, doing less coding or doing, doing more specializing in more tasks, if that, if they like yeah. that better than, and if that prevents them from getting burned out, that sounds like a win to me. I, I think so. It's probably one of my biggest complaints about FLL. And like, I understand why they do it because they want every kid to get a chance. They want them to be experienced every single piece of that. And it's part of the core values of first is everybody gets to participate. Mm -hmm. But the downside of that is you have kids that have now done it a year or two and they figured out, okay, these are the aspects of that that I like. I would prefer not to have to touch the code ever again. And I, I would be completely happy. Just let me build. I will help you in your coding. I'll tell you the distance we need to go or any of that, take the measurements, but I don't actually want to be the one coding. And they just don't get that option as part of FLL. They have to contribute to the code. They have to prove that everybody is participating in the robot design, robot building, coding, all of that stuff. So they're thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled to get to do it. Uh, The 
lead build or the build lead for test the coils. This is his senior year. So it's really nice that they're actually going to get some one-on-one mentoring with him too. My oldest boy, he wanted him to join the coils this year. And I'm like, "Mm, you know, his maturity level needs to come up just a little bit. His responsibility level needs to come up just a little bit before he gets to go on all of these different trips with the robotics team. So this gives him the year to get that mentorship, but Mm -hmm. also grow up just a little bit more before he's on that major competition team. I'm, I'm pretty excited. It should be fun. Yeah, I think you should be excited. I think that's great. That's awesome. And um, I'll be interested in seeing how this thing unfolds and, and the different uh, challenges, the new challenges you're going to face. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to mean, but I, I'm sure it's going to be good show content. Yo, it'll be great show content. The FTC robot actually codes in Java. And so I've told my daughter, you know, looking at Java, it's a lot like Python that she's already coding. And I go, the biggest issue you're going to run into is syntax things or punctuation items that work in Python, but they don't work in Java and vice versa. And so as you're jumping back and forth between the two codes, potentially running into issue of, gosh, dang it, that should work. And then realize you're doing a Java thing in Python or a Python thing in Java. So, right. She's she's young. She's flexible. She'll figure it out. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm not the only one having a ton of fun with tech. We can wake Matt up now and he can tell us all about his new hardware. <laughs> uh, new as in waiting for it to show up. Yes, you are correct. Mm-hmm. So I had talked what sometime earlier in the year about the mini forum tablet that I had gotten um, has Thunderbolt four on yep. it and i talked about getting a egpu case and uh gpu and all that stuff well obviously there are certain limitations to thunderbolt there's not a lot of thunderbolt four uh egpu cases that are affordable um so you are stuck with the limitations of basically thunderbolt three which is like 40 gigabits per second give or take um for the throughput even on uh, thunderbolt four devices Whatever. Basically, it's to see how much editing and that kind of stuff I can do on this tablet because it's a four core, eight thread tablet CPU with 32 gigs of RAM and a terabyte SSD. So I want to see what it can do for gaming. Like, I'm just curious to see what it can do and how well it plays because I run Garuda on the tablet and Garuda runs. I'm kind of like Wendy. I, I find my distro and I just that's what I or eight, I just find my distro. and That's what I use. Um, <laughs> so. That's for me. Um, I ended up getting a, I was originally looking at an RTX 3050 because it was like eight gigs. Then they're like a little over 200 bucks. They're not terrible. However, uh, the 4,000 series is out and the bit interface is basically the same, but I got double the VRAM because I got a 4060 TI. <laughs> um, so I have a 120 bit, 28-bit interface going through on that card, but the throughput for the wattage is only like 157 watts at full load. But I have a 650-watt power supply in the GPU case. So I'm never going to peak, which was my biggest thing. Is this a little bit like putting a Porsche engine in the back of a Volkswagen Bug? (laughs) so the throughput was always going to be an interesting question as far as like what you're going to get 
And that's always intrigued me about external GPU cases. It doesn't matter if it was the old haggy, like we're going to stick this in where my M2 slot goes for my, you know, Intel Wi-Fi card solutions, it, even those are solutions, but they're not stellar solutions. This is much more. I have a lot more devices that are Thunderbolt enabled. So like the Windows machine I still have is a Thunderbolt 4 device, but it's an internally fixed GPU. But most games are requiring more than 8 gigs of RAM now. And if you get into like 4K video editing and that kind of stuff, it, it eats RAM, especially video RAM. Um, so while the interface is slower, having the, the extra VRAM overall would be really, really nice. Um, so for me, it was worth the cost. Uh, so the, the case was about 350 after tax. That, that was the ouch part. Um, because it really didn't matter if I went with like a razor Chroma, uh, I think it's a razor, razor X box, whatever. Um, or if I went with the one I went with, which is a, a keto pro Titan, some no Titans pro, whatever. It's like Sony OEM modeling numbers. Um, but that was, uh, a lot of that was power supply. I wanted to make sure like if I do upgrade a GPU, I have enough power supply to go higher if need be. But I kept the bit interface limited because I knew the throughput potentially, because I don't know how many lanes, PCI lanes that this particular tablet gets via Thunderbolt. So if it's two, it's going to be half. If it's, gonna, if it's four, you're looking at like a 20% decrease from peak performance of what you would get if you stuck this in a, in a typical tower. So it really depends on what you're looking for. I know there's going to be a performance loss either way around it. I know that. But um, overall, for me, this is more of a drop-in solution for video editing and stuff on the go, where it's like I can do a bunch of stuff with the tablet off to the side and just go and do other stuff because my living situation is very much all about Rome and keeping stuff portable and movable. Understandable. I get it. So I, I just learned today, um, just now as you're talking. So these enclosures, when I couldn't find a Thunderbolt mm-hmm. 4 one, but lots of Thunderbolt three, quite expensive. I hadn't looked before. And uh, they also have, apparently, they're enclosures you can plug into the M.2 slot. And uh, they're not really enclosed. Well, they're, they're not really enclosures. Not enclosed necessarily, but, but there are. It's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're like, I guess the best way to describe those would be like open bench sure, systems. Something like that. You could build your own enclosure. Uh, and then actually, or maybe Wendy and I can design and print one for you. And then there's um, <laughs> mini PCIe as well. And I thought that was interesting. So it uh, looks like a little bit slower. And then uh, Express Card. I didn't know Express Card had had such things as well. The more you know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it oh, almost... Yes. I am muted again. Gosh, oh, that's okay. dang it. Well, I said while you were talking about that, that if we design and 3D print him one, he might actually be interested in 3D printing. No, he still wouldn't. <laughs> okay, maybe not, but I tried. He might have like a passing you, interest. Isn't uh like passing out? Yes. See? To go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. 
just like when Nate and I talk about the Steam Deck, uh, when he goes to sleep. Just like when Wendy and I talk about stuff that totally disregards Nate, like, you know, Arch, he goes to sleep. Um, you know what's really difficult when I'm editing other podcasts that are talking about the Steam Deck and I can't go to sleep because I've got to finish the edit? <laughs> well, you can just, like, kind of nod off for just a little bit until they're done. <laughs> And if they ask, why is it like crappy right here? You just say, well, it's, you know, you're talking about the Steam Deck. I just didn't. I, yeah, you know, I, I fell asleep. I Gosh, dang it, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, in fairness, they just did have an entire show that was basically all about the Steam Deck, which I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep doing. I, I, did, um, I edited it just, you know, without falling asleep. I did. I did my due diligence. I got and, it and, done. <laughs> and not to like veer off track because we never do that in the show. Never. Um, no. The new Steam Deck is very compelling if they didn't have like the the garbage OLED display, then I'd be all for it. <laughs> that I, cracks me up because everybody else is so flippin' excited about the OLED display and then we have Nate. Yes, oh. I'm I'm excited about putting a, a CRT inside of my uh, Steam Deck that'll get burn in image after I use it for a while. Great, that sounds exciting. Hopefully they've worked on that because I have had a watch that's end up with burn-in before and that is really annoying. I've never had another display. I've never had a monitor or anything like that where I've dealt with burn-in or a TV, but I have had a smartwatch, my Huawei, that I did deal with burn-in. And yeah, that was kind of a pain, but I also kept the exact same watch face for years. And by the so time I realized it had burn-in, it was too late. So in fairness to Nate's complaint about that particular subject, at least Valve does one thing where you can actually replace the crap yourself. Yes. yes unlike you your can. phone, unlike it. your TV, unlike. So in fairness, I know what Nate's saying from as far as the burden and all that stuff. Yeah. Nate, I would I would suggest looking at uh there's a couple of YouTube videos about like how long people have left like their Nintendo Switch OLEDs on. Just look at them. I'm not saying that they're right. I'm not saying that they're, but it's interesting nonetheless from a technology point of view to I, I see where the improvements may or may not be. I probably should say it's more like a plasma TV. It's essentially this. It's a similar concept because each pixel essentially um, emits the light like from that point. So that's why you have the the yeah. the the more the greater contrast. I get it. I totally get it. I think. I think, you know, uh, you know, if you want to play with your Steam Deck for two years and throw it away or buy another screen for it, that's fine. If that's what you're into, cool. Um, but anyway, whatever. I just think it's... <laughs> I will say, what I will say is, or at least uh, I'm going to leave it at this for the end of the Steam Deck stuff, is the simple fact that the base model is um, what the old model was. Oh, no, I think it's great. So the three... So, yeah. so the new model is much more, or the old model, which was the mid tier, is now the base model, which is much more compelling, I think. And even before the three ninety nine was compelling beforehand, because it was like, oh, I'll just upgrade it myself and whatever. <laughs> like none of us, those of us who do it, none of us cared. We're just like, oh, sweet, yeah. I'll spend fifty dollars and get a new card. But, I, I don't need to. I don't need to upgrade. I mean, regardless whether I'm. I'm playing Super Mario World on the new Steam Deck or the old Steam Deck. I can't imagine there's any frame rate improvements from one to the other. No, but there is supposed to be battery life improvements. That is one thing that is compelling. It's a 50% improvement in some some benchmarks or yeah. something like that. See, I paid attention. Yeah. You probably had to edit a lot. It's why. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, enough about the Steam Deck before Wendy totally falls asleep. Uh, so yeah, overall, I wanted to just get a better editing solution for some of the stuff that I do for my own content and whatnot. Fantastic. Um, so this will be an interesting experience. Uh, I really didn't like the bill, but you know, hey, sometimes live and learn. <laughs> Um, yeah 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 and nvidia graphics cards are still kind of crazy with their expense at the moment so overall i think you got a pretty decent graphics card for what current prices are going for so for those that don't know the 460 ti goes for about 450 give or take yeah Yeah. fluctuates between 450 500 you can get a 3050 if you can find one for about two if you want about half the VRAM. I just needed more VRAM, so that was really realistically how I justified the cost of that. And I had like a hundred, extra 100 bucks kicking around in my Amazon account. So it was just right. like, yeah, whatever. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, and I picked up my RX 6750 XT 12 gigabyte this spring for right around 400. So. Which that honestly, that was actually the other card I was looking at. Yeah, because it, it was it, they they were really similar in price, and I was like, but there are certain things. See, this is the thing where I have an AMD system that I do the show on, mm-hmm. but I also have Nvidia systems, and there's certain things with Nvidia that I do like over AMD, but there are certain things about like the out of the box experience that I like with AMD better than Nvidia. Yeah, when we so go into the main section, there's some other stuff that I definitely want to touch on between yeah. the two cards and and video editing for sure. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see how it goes. I'll let you guys know when it gets here because uh, the case shows up first, then the GPU shows up. So then I'll probably do an unboxing. And yes, there's going to be benchmarks because, you know, I like to, it gives me a reason to play Just video. gonna, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. Definitely benchmark so. it. So while I'm looking forward to benchmarking stuff, Nate, you actually had a new benchmark for your life, apparently, because you got to uh, go do some benchmarking over across the pond. It's true. I did go across the big pond, also known as the Atlantic Ocean. I was invited to go to the Ubuntu Summit in Latvia uh, this year. It was a lot of fun. I don't actually, uh, how do I put this? I don't travel well. But I'm getting, I'm, you know, I've, I've done a lot of world traveling, not a huge fan of it, but I appreciate the opportunity to travel. It's nice to say, oh yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, just, mm. So anyway, it's good. I appreciate it. I, I actually enjoyed the flight for the most part. I decided I would have no, just to carry on. That's all I had was just to carry on because it's only for like, it was like four nights there. So it wasn't that, that, that big of a deal. So anyway, I, I went to uh, Latvia. I, I flew out of Chicago O'Hare airport. It was fine got there with plenty of extra time it was just it was a, a nice time to fly out that wasn't wasn't real busy the uh the, it was like about 10 hours total of flying but it, with a stop in frankfurt after eight and i, I do want to say i i did get an opportunity to watch this movie series i uh, so watched the first two a uh, john wick on the way out and the second Ooh. two uh, three and four on the way back because they have like a little computery interface thing you can stream your own you know it's not this, this isn't flying like it was 20 years ago that's for sure but anyway um, uh, I just, just a little quick thought on John Wick. That has got to be the thinnest plot line of any movie I've ever watched. It was basically just less plot, more action, less plot, more action. I mean, that is the best part about that movie. It's all about the action. It is an action person's action movie. Yes. And but May, the, well, yeah. it, it, it is a modern 80s movie. Yes. 
Sure, we'll go with that. So the the <laughs> the best part, speaking of eighties, of that movie, of, of the of the three the four movies, and it's basically only in the second and third you see this. It wasn't in the first or the fourth, but in this like underground area where they like like their messaging operations center. I didn't really they didn't really call it anything that I could recall, but they. The ladies punching into the computer, the uh, like information. It was a Commodore VIC-20 from 1980. So I really appreciated that. I thought it was the best, the absolute best part of the entire thing was just the, uh, the Commodore VIC-20s. Now, the what was going on the screen, it was not the Commodore VIC-20 because it was an 80-column green screen. The Commodore VIC-20 is a, like a 24-column like cyan-looking weirdness with gray. By default. So, I mean, I guess whatever. I'll just, I can suspend that. That's fine. I, whatever. But anyway, so I was just saying that was the best part of that, that movie. But anyway, so back on the summit, I got to meet uh, a couple of people that I've known for years online. I was so excited to meet them. Besides Michael. Actually, I met Michael out there like face-to-face for the first time. That was fun. Uh, I got to see Noah again. Noah Chalaya. That was fun. But the two that I was really excited to see when I got there was Popey and Wimpy or... or uh, mm. Alan Pope and and Martin Wimpress, and they are they were an absolute delight to be around. And so they say you shouldn't meet your heroes, you know, because they'll disappoint you. That is absolutely not the case with with uh, Popey and Wimpy. They were just just such fun, delightful people. Um, so I got to hang out with them, yeah, a little bit here and there. I didn't want to like hang around them too much because I'd be like a like a weird lost puppy kind of thing. You like you know what he can do now. You like like with the uh, like a lackey or whatever. I didn't want to <laughs> do that. So anyway. Um, Lots of other really cool things that were there. Uh, the Fairphone, they had a presentation showing the showing off the Fairphone Five. Uh, Ubuntu Touch, they had a or, or Ubi Ports, whatever. They they had a, a pretty neat display there that you could could play with the phones and everything else. And everyone was just super friendly. A lot of people had framework laptops, which I thought was cool because I'm a big you know kind of maybe like a a fanboy now of framework. And nice. I talked to like I I talked to go up to people and just talk to them about framework, like what what they like about their laptop and everything else. And then I saw there was another guy there, um, he and he had his partially apart, and, and people were looking at it. And I'm like, and so I thought, oh, you know, I just kind of sort of interjected myself in the conversation, and, and I said, man, how much I love the framework. I said, I said, uh, explaining what. I thought was great about it and what, why I enjoy using it. And uh, I kind of gushed for a little while. And then I said, how long have you had yours? And I looked at his name tag and he was from Framework. And so that was like kind of funny, embarrassing. <laughs> oh, wow. That is hilarious. That's hilarious. And, uh, so I, his name is uh, <laughs> Daniel. And I hung out with him for, for quite a like for I actually hung out with him quite a bit. We talked about different things. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a Framework 16 prototype there or an engineering sample, I should probably say, would be more a- appropriate. So like, how you can change things around on that, and he's the he uh, the firmware programmer, so he actually programmed the matrix the, the matrices, the little LED matrices on each side. So that's actually a custom framework thing that they built drivers for, and it's really neat how this. I couldn't take pictures of it. He's like, I was going to take a picture. He's like, ah, I don't know if you should uh, take a picture of this. Like, okay, I'm not going to then. And uh, but like yeah. just how you move things around, how it communicates, the way they have these like like communication pad things, like how, how the computer can recognize the modules, and so super cool, and also the the fact that it has replaceable GPU and the way you take it apart is actually also kind of cool. Nate, yes. I got to ask, and you're probably not going to tell me mm-hmm. because the, the framework 16 is the one I'm looking at. Yes. Ooh. Did, did, what was the GPU? Uh, he had an NVIDIA. I don't know exactly what it was, but apparently he had an NVIDIA. Uh, no, I'm just, uh, brand is fine. 
brand is fine. I'm just curious. I, I didn't ask for specifics on that because you can actually have with no. or without a GPU in the back. And then, mm, and, then, no, and, then and then I'll say went into how that's basically just a PCI slot on the back of it. So you can do whatever you want with it from there. So lots of really cool options of what that, that, that laptop's going to nice. provide. And so I did give him my business card for like, you know, my employer, the, who, I, who I work for, because I'm, you know, the IT manager there. And I said, hey, this is actually, one. Uh, these things are actually released and available, for, you know, at, at mass levels. I'm interested in purchasing these for, you know, as instead of what we have been. And so he's got, my, he's got my business card. Uh, I did get an email already of him contacting his like sales rep saying, that he met probably the most enthusiastic framework user. He said that basically right in the email. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a nice little like hope that made me oh, laugh. Oh, how fun. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, great guy, very interesting, the, like the things he does and, and how he's like getting to the firmware and you speak about the complexities of it and how every firmware is a little bit different and how you have to do these things. And um, yeah. so I, I have like a little bit of firmware programming knowledge, but it's basically like utilizing stuff that already exists and kicking stuff, you know, programming it that way and then modifying things and i said so like you know i i don't have any you know i i, I asked a few questions based on like my very very limited knowledge and he says well that's how you start <laughs> and uh anyway so it was, it was very encouraging talking to him i also got to meet mark shuttleworth michael had an interview which you probably uh heard that and like it was down to like the the interview ended with like three percent battery life left so i was like I was getting really like anxious because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know when this is going to end. And I could tell he's starting to wrap it up and it's like 4% and it's like 3%. And then, then he finally wrapped it up. I'm like, oh my, thank goodness, Ma- uh, Michael can talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you can check out the latest episode of DL. I'll actually put the l- number in here because it probably won't be the latest by the time that this comes out. But he does. He talks about that story and how he had no clue that yeah. the battery was so low and you were over there panicking and not being yeah. able to... Let him like, know what was going on. Because I didn't have like my bag of tricks, <laughs> so I couldn't plug into like a, like a like a charger. Like I, I had a battery sometimes with me, I, but yeah. I, had, I had none of that with me, so I couldn't do that. So anyway, uh, but that was actually a lot of fun. I, I got to talk to Mark Shuttleworth and and whatnot. Really, just a just a very like a very good dude, you know, like really a really kind soul. And so that was really nice getting to talk to him. And I got to say, awesome. hey, you know, um, you know, the, basically. I appreciate what you've done and what you've brought to the, the Linux community as a whole. I said, I know there's some jerks out there. I'm not one of them. I, w- I didn't tell him about Matt, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, <clears throat> don't even, because I've been probably one of the biggest canonical and Mark Shuttleworth defender oh, I know. for a long time. You have, but you've also come straight out and said, I wish they would do some more focus on gaming, which it seems like they have, though. They have. In recent well, years. Which, in, in fairness, they have. So, um, yeah. So, but anyway. So uh, that was very cool. I was going to ask him just, and I thought, you know, this is your first time meeting him. Maybe not a good idea. So I kept my mouth shut. You know, and actually, I I was surprised I had the 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 maturity to do that. But I wanted to ask him so badly, so you know, you're you're known for having gone into space and you know seeing Earth from a vessel. I said, so can you settle something for me? Is the Earth flat? That's what I wanted to ask him, <laughs> but I didn't. I can t- I controlled myself. Uh, so anyway, so that was the whole thing. Was a very cool experience. I really you know, had, had lots of, lots of fun with that. Uh, I am, I'm writing like an article on cubicle8.com, which I'm, I got a little bit more to do yet and I got to polish it up, 
but then it'd be like kind of basically my experience as an OpenSUSE user, which I did actually one day show up in in uh, uh, in the in the OpenSUSE Geeko, and nobody cared. In fact, people actually asked for pictures with me because they were also OpenSUSE users too. So that was kind of funny. Oh, fun. And uh, anyway, th- so it was, but it was truly it was a lot of fun. Lots of really cool things there. Um, a great uh, so glorious egg roll. I don't know if you're if, how familiar you are with like glorious egg roll, like the Cortanji. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I got to meet with him and uh, meet him, and I actually hung out with him quite a bit. I called him. I said, I, I don't feel like I can call you glorious egg roll. I feel it's a little disrespectful. So I'm gonna call you Mr. Glorious, and he thought it was funny and slightly <laughs> awkward. But he had a um, Lenovo Legion Go or Go Legion or something like that. Um, I don't yeah. look up, and he was putting Le- Steam OS on. It. I knew you'd get it. And I could probably check my notes, but it was more fun just to kind of stumble over it myself. Very cool device, uh, quite a bit bigger than the Steam Deck, and so the, and that was pretty cool. Also, one of the developers who works for um, Code Weavers, who does basically the Proton stuff for Valve, because like they have a he basically works both camps. But he, um, I think I called him Alex, but that's actually not how his name is pronounced at all but that's how he said his name was. So that's what I called him. And uh, he was there also. He presented a lot on Proton and how it works and the work that's being done in Proton and also like like wine tricks and how they're trying to like move things away from wine tricks into being more Proton-centric. That was really cool. Also, mm-hmm. Matthew from Lutris was there. Super nice guy. Like he's just like a, also very tall. And it was great hanging out with him as well. And uh, amongst many others, also like the, the developers for Heroic Launcher were there. And so a lot of gaming stuff. And actually, even though I'm not really a gamer, I was probably most enthralled with that, mostly because I knew that Matt would pay attention when I'm talking about it. And, and so anyway, that was a lot of fun. And, and there was, uh, that, yeah, it was, I could probably talk about it for a lot more, but I have an article that will kind of talk about all these things and links to different presentations as well. So you can actually see that stuff, that, that uh, some of the stuff that, that, I, that I saw anyway. Not, not everything's on there that I couldn't find all the videos, but um, at least some of them are on there. But anyway great time great experience i really enjoyed it uh, i i um i would like to go back if they'd invite me they may not but um but if they do i'll definitely go back and i i think i'd probably it took me a bit to figure it out but i think i'd probably do a talk on in, like in the maker space kind of doing like a product mm-hmm. development as a maker and the steps you go through and now that i have a cad application that i can use quite successfully which actually michael talked about that as well on shape from ptc which is actually the cad uh, the, the the company that created the CAD software that I basically used for years and years and years and years, like decade or so with uh, a previous employer. Um, that Anyway, that, so it's that. I'm kind and of it, curious about that CAD software. I, I have looked it up. Well, after you kind of side mentioned it, but not really talked about it, I went and did mm-hmm. some searching to see if I could mm-hmm. find it. And that's the one that popped up. And then it was confirmed by Michael on that episode of DL. So... They have the free version, but mm-hmm. it looks like all of your stuff is just available to the public, whatever you're working on. Is that the case? I, yes. I don't necessarily understand. Okay. So since everything that I do is being published anyway with it, right. I, I'm not doing I'm, all, Everything I do is in the, hobby, in the hobby space. And so I don't really care. Is someone going to search for my stuff specifically? Not likely. Uh, and if well, do, for me, it's more like imposter syndrome. I'm still just trying to learn and figure it out. And I don't want somebody to open my file and be like, oh my gosh, that is crap. I can't believe somebody has that on here. That, so that professionally doing CAD for a long time, 
I would open up CAD assemblies by professionals and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did it like that. So it doesn't matter <laughs> um, who does it. You're going to say, oh my gosh. I have a way that I can't I believe like, they did it like that. Yeah, yeah. I have a way that I like to model the uh, parts. And the way I can do it in on shape is the way I want to do it. I can use a lot of datums for defining things, which is great. And you can do that in FreeCAD. But then when you start altering things, the whole model blows up and that doesn't make me happy. Also, the way you can do more complex like uh, um, radiuses and everything, a radii and uh, and on shape makes modeling the way I think a lot easier because I gotcha. it just does. So, yeah. and I have actually been using, I've actually used it to build a thing, which I'll talk about that at another time where I can, where I jammed six screens onto my framework, but we can talk about that. Another oh, time. wow. I'm excited to hear about that very much. So, so I can't wait till the episode where you do. Maybe next week. I had to talk about Ubuntu Ooh. Summit. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't not talk about Ubuntu Summit. You couldn't not. You got to go play with all the fun people. And I did. We didn't. So I did. And, and I'm it was totally going next year. That'd be awesome. And I think, I don't know where it's going to be. Oh, also the food there was quite delightful. Like, I mean, I really enjoyed the food and I'm, I'm not a big foodie. Like I can pretty much eat anything and be happy, but the food is really good. And so they, this I know Michael had made the exact same comment that like the food was really pretty good. And the coffee was almost always flowing, which was very helpful for me. Yeah. And that is life for me. The gym and the hotel, (laughs) which has nothing to do with the summit was just adequate enough to make me happy. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So video editing is something that the three of us do in Linux, probably a little more often than we like, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Then maybe some of the average users do. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We use it more than the average user. And I, I'm still a pleb on Caden Live, although I love Caden Live. I know that you have moved to DaVinci Resolve, which is a more proprietary yeah. solution. Michael was talking to me about DaVinci Resolve as well and how it's a more, um, it's, it's geared more toward professionals. Not that there's anything wrong with Caden yeah. Live. They're doing a great job. But if you want to do things a little bit more quicker, more efficient, they have a lot of really cool things. And so you are trying to get more efficient at it. and you put on something about a shuttle and this is for an editing shuttle for, for doing is that, is that this word? is a fun piece of hardware that Matt has actually found oh, thinking so- that it might make life just a little bit easier for me. And I don't know that you have to be using DaVinci in order to no. use this piece of hardware. It kind of looks like it's no. a multi-purpose piece of hardware, depending on whichever software you choose. But this looks really, really cool. Where did you find this piece of hardware, Matt? So this particular piece of hardware was actually something that I've been aware of for quite a while because I'm the weird one when it comes to video editors. I use something that most people on Linux don't use, and that is Cinelaria GG, or SimGG, as most people would know it. Um, I've never heard of and, it. Uh it's because there was like 16 different versions of it originally before it became one version. Okay. Um, well, there was a company, so short version of it, there was a company that would release a yearly update and just kind of like, here's a code dump and then just go about its business. That's what they, and the community would take that code and do stuff with it. Gotcha. Short version. Um, but I prefer that because I do, it, you can kind of configure the interface to kind of, when you have a multi-monitor set up, it works 
fantastic. And Wendy, you can probably account for that when you have the viewer and the compositor all off on one and you have yeah. things over here. It, it, the organization is just better on it for me. not Right. For and it's the same for but, me because DaVinci is the same way. I can have it broken up yeah. into two screens. So I've got my main editor on my main screen and then the marks or whatever on, on the second. Yeah, yeah. It makes it life easier. Yeah. Definitely. Because you can over here is editing over here is seeing the result. All your other nice crap and, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I was put on to the, uh, I believe it's contour designs who is the, the main company that makes these. They have the shuttle pro V2, which is a more in-depth one than the one that's going to be in the show notes. It has more buttons. Um, it ha has more buttons. So it's uh, a lot more, uh, shortcuts and all that kind of stuff that you can do. Yeah. But the thing that I loved about both these devices, it didn't matter which one, because the one I showed Wendy is like a $60 device. Mm -hmm. The one, the higher end one is about a hundred. Yep. You can probably find it on sale here and there. Um, I was put onto it because it was made well aware in Cinelira that this device was compatible with it. So I originally looked at it and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a tactile dial so you can actually scrub through like your timelines or if you're doing audio editing, scrub through the timeline that yeah. way. And you're, so you get more uh, granular control and that kind of stuff. So that to me is really interesting. And then you can put hotkeys to, you know, kind of whatever effect you want to do a cut of, you know, whatever, whatever. Your favorite you whatever's. Yeah. Yeah. So like that to me is more of a, while you have keyboard shortcuts, sometimes that more granular control gives you a much finer editing. Mm -hmm. So it might act instead of just kind of hitting the usually space button for most keyboard shortcuts as it defaults to, to video editors and Linux anyway, it allows you to more finely tune as opposed to just dragging the timeline and hoping you hit the right second mark or the right, you know, 10th of a second mark or right keyframe or zoom all the way in. Like it, yeah. doing it with just a mouse and keyboard sometimes is a pain. I'm not going to lie. And they, there are ways to speed it up and stuff, you know, scroll in, hold, hold control and scroll in on the timeline. <laughs> There's so many different ways to do it, but this was much more, interesting to me because of that granularity that you can have without having to really mess with the UI elements yeah. that much within an app. And as far as applications, from what I've seen anyway, this works with DaVinci Resolve, which is one of the reasons. Cinelira, I know it works with because they advertise it. I don't know about the other Linux video editors, but if it... I know it Audacity, Premiere... I know Audacity, Premiere, um, Audition, all that stuff... You can use this for to scrub timeline. So according to one of the reviews, someone uses it with DaVinci Resolve and absolutely loves it. There you I'm, go. I'm curious. I definitely would love to pick something like this up. And I did a little bit of editing with Kid in Live in the past and, and not really a whole lot. It was when I was talking to Michael about picking up editing additional shows for the network, he uses DaVinci Resolve. And so that way we can actually send project files back and forth if I was using the same mm -hmm. thing. And after I have learned about it, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that I don't think I can live without because we have three cameras here. There's three cameras in DL. There's different configurations going on. I've actually even used that for our expert interviews for the robotics team. I've, I've actually used it quite a bit and I do use their color 
in there. And I've absolutely started to love the fusion tab as well. So there are things in there that I have fallen in love with and now tools that I'm almost relying on. So one of the tools that I rely on for this show in DaVinci Resolve, and I actually relied on it for the last episode of Twill, and it was almost my fault. At least Michael blamed it on me. I sent him a Discord message while he was recording Twill, and he forgot to turn off his um, speakers. So it, it came through in the audio. But there is an effect that you can use in DaVinci Resolve where it essentially cuts everything that isn't somebody's voice. And so I didn't have to do anything at all. I didn't have to cut that section of the show. I just was able to turn on that effect. The sound of Discord going off was removed. Not a big deal. So I've I've really liked it for some of that. My biggest disappointment for using that piece of software on Linux is that there's so many amazing plugins that are only made for the Windows or the Mac OS version. So that's been my only disappointment. There are some other plugins I'd like to pull in, especially when I was working on the vlog for Michael on that first day. There was some stuff that I really was wanting to clean up the sound more. And I know there's some great AI plugins that can do that and none of them currently work on Linux. So that that's my biggest complaint. Also, we were talking a little bit about graphics cards earlier, and I am using that AMD graphics card, and DaVinci really likes NVIDIA. So if I'm pulling screenshots, and the screenshots are too large, uh, there's, there's too much graphical information in them, basically inside DaVinci Resolve, I, I can't view it. I can't use it. And so then I have to go and break that into smaller screenshots. Most of the time, especially for Twill, I would prefer to have the full screenshot of the full web page and just be able to scan back and forth in it to get what I need. So it has me leaning towards an NVIDIA graphics card. And it makes me feel really, really gross to even say that. It makes me feel really, <laughs> really gross to even say that because I've loved my AMD graphics cards other than that. And it, it's really DaVinci that's pulling me that way. But NVIDIA has been better at some of those open source drivers. So I know I seem to spend a lot of time anymore in an editor doing video editing and these extra little pieces of hardware that can help make that experience better while running it on Linux. Because it, it for me, it still has to run on Linux. I'm not booting up a second machine. It, it has to run <laughs> on Linux. And I'll, I'll definitely be checking them out. I will. I do want to see how your experience goes with that graphics card for sure and your editor. And then from there, work on looking at one for me. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see because there's really, realistically, because I bounce back and forth between, well, at least two of the OSs because the third one doesn't exist in my book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just because, it, I, whatever, people know how I feel about Mac OS and Apple. Um, right, yeah. It, bouncing back and forth between the two is interesting because there are certain features and functions. Like, despite what I feel about NVIDIA and how they do stuff, you know, from pricing and everything else, from a yeah. software and technology point of view, like just being a strict technologist and looking at what they're doing, things like NVIDIA Broadcaster that are on Windows where it's AI and local, let me rephrase this, locally done AI. Um, so it like mutes all the stuff in the background and it just like it, right. it, it, there's a lot that they do. But as it relates specifically to Linux, while the AMD stuff has gotten better with like the, was it uh, whatever their 
a what was it a av api or whatever um for linux or va api um has gotten much much better than it used to be as far as recording and stuff i have an amd system i do all this show on an amd system right yeah <laughs> it, it's gotten much better but i still think nvidia has a lead when it comes to content creation and less of an impact on the gpu with things like nvank and everything else and right because so i know noticed- about yeah, I'm noticing right now my CPU getting pegged sometimes and my RAM, oh my gosh, it makes me panic when I'm seeing like 98% RAM usage. I have 64 gigs and Ooh. right now that is not, it's not enough because I'm in panic mode. Please don't crash. Please don't crash. Please don't crash. Please don't crash. <laughs> oh, yay, we're coming down. So I, I definitely do need more RAM, and it's kind of one of those things that getting an NVIDIA graphics card for me with DaVinci would help resolve some of that because it wouldn't be putting so much strain on those other pieces of hardware because it's taking it up with the NVIDIA graphics card because the way they play so well together. I am curious, Matt, because you do do unboxings. Sometimes you will have other video playing over your video. Are you able to do that pretty fluidly in the video editor that you're using? Uh, so can I do like an overlay with all, like different audio, you mean? Or well, not, not necessarily like with audio. Well, I mean, yes, I, I know that you're overlaying the audio too, but I'm kind of curious what that looks like because I've really only done that in DaVinci with the multicam setup and that kind of thing. So it, so it really depends on your editor of choice, to be brutally honest, because right, every yeah. editor has got a different workflow. Um, so how, like my editor of choice on windows, as an example is uh curl video studio, just mm. because it's not super expensive. It's like a hundred bucks, give or take and whatever. Um, yeah. and they're the closest that anyway, uh, it's the most prosumer affordable one that I can do on windows. Uh, for me, it multi-track and all that kind of stuff is just different and resized frames. That's how I do it. But everyone's going to have their own workflow. Like in right. Linux, though, certain certain editors are a little weird on how they do those tracks. So if you have like, so like generically, if I'm not using Cinelira, I use Shotcut because I prefer the way it handles adding filters to uh, mm-hmm. layers and stuff. Because literally, it's click a tab, go to filters for that clip, and just add a filter, and everything's done within that one clip for that one frame. And yeah, that's, that's it. nice. Where, yeah. where, whereas something like Caden Live, you have to right-click on it, add, tell it to add it. Then it's just, So something as simple as like creating a title with font <laughs> is, three, is like three layers on Caden Live, but adding font to a clip on Shotcut, as an example, is literally right-click, tell it to, you know, simple text, select the text, move the text around where you want it and how it goes in and out. And and that's it. Yeah. So like shortcut, you would have to resize each individual frame. Other ones you can do full screen and you can tell it to some will have like a split where you can tell it to split the frames and everything else. And then it just moves the frames around for you. So it really all depends on what, what editor you personally use. For me, if I'm doing a bigger project like Cinelira, Cinelira handles stuff really weird, so it's kind of hard to really explain what that does because that's one of those editors that you have to essentially want to learn. It, oh, gotcha. So, okay. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's own workflow. It's its own everything because it doesn't conform to most normal standards 
Um, so like adding audio, adding like it has certain things that are quick to do, like adding text and all like that stuff's quick. But like if you like, there's a clip of I think it's the Yoda fight where somebody changed just the color of the lightsaber using Sinalira from green to blue or something. But the entire clip of him fighting on the bridge with storm uh, with the stormtroopers and stuff. He's not using a green lightsaber. He's using like a blue one. Yeah. The entire clip. Hmm. But that's change. That's a change in light intensity. That's a change in um, motion tracking. That's a change. Like every, yeah. so all that stuff is done totally different. Whereas something like, cause in some other editors, you'd create a path to follow in each frame and go that route mm-hmm. um, for motion tracking and stuff. So Again, it, it depends on what editor you're really using. From, yeah. Just from my personal experience, um, honestly, for me, if it's like we're talking Linux editors, if you're looking for the best prosumer, which is kind of like what most YouTubers would be good with. Right, yeah. Something like something like Shotcut or Caden Live or basically any of the Linux open source Linux editors are totally fine. If you're looking for something more, that's where it starts getting like, you have to want to learn stuff like, yeah. like light, like DaVinci Resolve is different from Lightworks and Lightworks is different from Cinelira and insert, you know, 15 other different video editors here that you can select from. Yeah. Yeah. There are an absolute ton of them and which one is best for you really depends on your overall workflow and the kind of things you need. How many tracks do you need? How many effects are you Mm -hmm. adding? All of that other stuff. Yeah, that does make a difference. So if you do need lots of tracks or lots of different camera views, so then you're going to want to focus on an editor that allows you to do that easily and efficiently. Yeah. 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 Because something like Caden live is great for like five tracks and a couple audio tracks. Like from my own personal experience before it yeah. starts getting a little, little hairy, you know, things start slowing down because it'll, you don't have like a lot of the GPU enhancement stuff that you would get with something like DaVinci Resolve. Um, I know Shotcut has a lot of the, the GPU stuff. So that's personally why I tend to use it. So, because there's a way to actually use, I think there's a way to use Shotcut's uh, GPU rendering library for Caden mm-hmm. Live. So the, I, I don't know if it's like AMD or NVIDIA specific, but like there's a way to do it. To be able to make so, that work. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's ways to do it, but it, it's video editing on Linux is interesting and it is not as straightforward as some people would like it. And I will be the first to admit it is not a hundred percent for everybody. I would say prosumer YouTuber style videos. It's perfectly capable. You can, with things like DaVinci Resolve and Lightworks, high-end video editing, perfectly capable and able to do it. Yeah. But like every other system is going to have its quirks and everything else because it's an OS. They all have quirks and stuff. Yeah. Well, and the video editors uh, themselves have quirks just in general. Yeah, they do. Uh, So like when people sing the praises of Adobe Premiere and Adobe products, it's just because they've gotten used to all the headaches that insert product has gotten to just like anybody who sings that praise of any piece of software. Yeah. They've just got accustomed to accepting its flaws. So when people point out the flaws, it's kind of like in Linux, we do the same thing. It's the same in windows, same in Mac. When you point out the flaws, people get a little defensive and it's like, that's just better. And it's like, eh, it's not quite how that works sometimes 
<laughs> so I put into the little chat thing. Uh, so if you get the shuttle pro shuttle or shuttle express, either way, there is a, now they don't support Linux. They support Mac and windows. You're probably not going to get app detection with this, which is an, a feature that the shuttle express has, but there's this thing called shuttle lander, which, you know, open source projects and their funny names that, yes. that will, since uh, most of the components that's already b- baked into the kernel now, anyway, this is basically a way mm-hmm. to interact with it. And then I also provided a link to a download to the Deb or RPM because I think that's it. I mean, nobody uses anything but that, I think, right now. So that was just, that was a little <laughs> knock. I don't know if you picked up on that. But anyway, uh, you can do that. Or you can well, build it yourself. So I, I was going to say, or it's probably in the AUR. It might be in the AUR, yeah. <laughs> probably. But it looks yeah, like... Yeah, that is absolutely awesome. But it looks like from... If the uh, if the the image is correct, you can actually then program each of the keys, whatever you want them to be, and uh, so the key and modifier and everything else. So mm-hmm. um, that so that that might be a good way to go. I think looking at them, I think the Shuttle Express is probably more. I've actually been looking for a, sh- a sh- sort of a shuttle tool as well, and so this this actually this might fit the bill. I've looked at a few of them and they're like, ah, it might be too many buttons, you know. Can I put it next to the keyboard on the other side? You know what? You know, it's not all these questions. And this actually might be. This might be good. Um, I put I put an offer on one on eBay, so we'll see how that works out. Thanks, Matt. So let enabler. Let, let it be known. <laughs> I I'm not just an enabler for video games now. You haven't. You're been an enabler. enabler for all kinds of hardware, and then blame me when you buy new hardware that we haven't even talked about. This computer here we've talked about no is because of you. That's all. I need. Okay, no, we kind this of this is talked because about. of you. Okay, as far as no, 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 I'm not taking the blame for the computer that you built. Yes, I showed you the case. What you did after that, that's on you. You showed that <laughs> no. I even said I showed you the case. I even said in the video that I created on building this, it's your fault. And, and I, I said I even put I showed you, the telegram I showed message you the case. that you sent me in the video. It's still your fault because you built on it. I just showed you the case. Components all on you. Mm. Uh, and as far as blaming you, Wendy, no, I'm blaming you, Ryan and Michael, because you all talk about hardware way too often. <laughs> Hey, Hardware Addicts isn't even going on. You can't blame me for that right now. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> so it says the person dealing with hardware with robotics. I, I'm just saying. But I don't necessarily share that hardware with you. Okay, I have talked about the Lego kits all the time and almost convinced Nate to get a few. And I probably will talk about the hardware that we're using in FTC too, uh, but, yeah, uh, 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 but uh, 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 that's yeah, not stuff yeah. I'm expecting you to run out and buy. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Though I am figuring out how I can have my own FTC robot at home because gosh dang it, I want to play with it too. <laughs> so Wendy now has six children counting her, the other kids, Magneto and herself now. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's the way it goes. Well, now it's time to toss in your two cents on today's topics. Is a shuttle worth it? Is Matt a hardware enabler? Why don't you hit the discourse forum, drop us a line under this video, or on the contact forum by visiting tuxdigital.com slash contact. 
If you'd like to hang out with us on our preferred social media, see the links at the bottom of the show description. Find other great shows like Fit and Fueled, Destination Linux, Linux Saloon, and more at tuxdigital.com. Show off your love for your favorite podcasts and shows by visiting Tux Digital Merch Store. Grab yourself some awesome swag like the gamer-centric I paused my game to be here shirt or join hashtag Wendy with some sinister Wendy swag. As always, we thank you for joining us. As always, as always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with another awesome soda of Linux Out Loud. Until then, keep the banter friendly, the conversation, someone on topic, and you know, you gotta have fun doing it. We always do. She's evil. (laughs) So nice. And I'm the bully.